Let it rip, boys. What are you yapping about? Just leave me in the car with the window open a crack. There's something wrong with this hearing aid. It's a trap! And welcome to the Old Man Podcast with Bob and Scott. Hey, got a little bit of a treat for you. We're going to mix it up a little bit. Scott kind of teased this in the last uh, episode that we're going to start integrating some guests into the show. Uh, This isn't going to be every single episode, but we decided that uh, we want to kind of expand our horizons, uh, bring some new voices and perspectives into the show. So... um, We're going to start with uh, a very interesting gentleman. He's an entrepreneur, a former CEO, a two-time author, a former contributor to Huffington Post on small business, who is now building out a website that caters to all things baby boomers. So that's pretty appropriate for what we talk about. So today we're talking with Mark Joseph and also known under his nom de plume, Gramps Jeffrey. So I love that. So, Mark, uh, why Gramps Jeffrey? Well, thanks for inviting me to the show. What a name for a show, Old Man Show. You know, that's a great name to begin with. But the reason that uh, I decided to go with my name, Gramps Jeffrey, is the book I wrote, which is uh, I Don't Want to Turn Three, based on the true story of my six grandkids, is they all call me Gramps. And the reason I chose chose Gramps, because I noticed early on that they could say G's pretty early. Uh, and then my middle name is Jeffrey. And for all my life, my wife has always spelled my middle name wrong. And so I figured <laughs> that if I put it on a book, that she would finally learn how to spell it. And so that's why I'm Gramps Jeffrey. <laughs> I have no cool nicknames. Yeah, I've got no grandkids. Well, I guess the next question is, did she figure it out? Yes. You ask her today, she'll spell it right. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't allowed my children to procreate. I couldn't do that to humanity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mine are still like out of, you know, slightly out of college. So no, I'm not waiting for that anytime soon. <laughs> God knows yeah. how many kids my son's got. <laughs> They're probably running all over the world. Anyway. Yes. So anyway, so, so should we call you Mark or Gramps on the show? Why don't you call me Gramps? Grant, okay, Grant, so we'll, we'll, we'll roll with that. Right. So for, let's just, just a little bit of your background, because it is so varied, and you have done a lot of stuff, and to Scott's point, yeah, I feel really, really bad about ourselves right now. Um, <laughs> so just give us give us the highlights of your professional career, because it, it is pretty fascinating. Well, I went to school in Ohio, and I graduated from Miami, Ohio. In fact, uh, in my senior year of school, my best friend and I decided we we're going to backpack through Europe. So we took the summer off and we spent 11 years, 11 weeks rather, backpacking through Europe. You know, and at that time, I decided that I was going to keep a journal. So I kept this journal every single day while we were backpacking through Europe. And uh, it was about people and places and all that kind of stuff. You know, and I gave a copy to my, uh, my friend. And 10 years later, he calls me up. He says, you got to read this journal. He says, you got to become an author. He says, "You can. This 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 really is a journal about people and places and, and all that." So, 
that's where my first inkling came to going into writing. But my early life, I spent in the uh, department store and the uh, in the discount store business. I was in major retail chains. I was in the wholesale business and the off-price business. Uh, and then I went into the manufacturing business. And then I decided I want to be an entrepreneur. You know, it uh, happens to both uh, my, my, my parents' families were both entrepreneurs. And I figured, well, I may as well go back to my roots. I'll become an entrepreneur. So I decided to open up a couple of businesses. One business uh, I opened up, I sold to investors. Another business uh, we took public. And it became the premier business-to-business site on the Internet where we sell in case quantity to small businesses all around the world, shipping all 50 states around 40 foreign countries. So our customer base are the moms and pops who are surviving and thriving against the chains. But during that time, you know, our customers are calling us and saying, you know, how do I do this? What do we do? How do we, how do we build, a, build a business? So I decided to write a book. So my first book is uh, The Secrets of Retailing, How to Beat Walmart. And this is a book that is 15 chapters long. And each chapter is what do you do when you're an entrepreneur or small business owner? So one chapter is on how you hire people. Another chapter is on finding your location. Another chapter is where do you find products? How do you negotiate with uh, vendors? You know, and uh, how to do marketing online, offline. And the last chapter, the 15th chapter, is the exit strategy. In other words, how do you sell your business? How do you get out of it? So that was my first book. When I retired from being in business, you know, the, the pandemic hit. And so I was uh, able to have all six of my grandparents, grandkids here in our house for about six weeks. Uh, and they normally live in uh, Orlando and Austin, and two of them live here, but they were all here for about six weeks. So it gave me a chance to really understand and see how these little kids work. So, you know, this last year that was caused by the pandemic and isolation, except for being able to be with my family, gave me that special time to watch and interact with these grandkids. I got to tell you what a trip that was because, you know, all six of these kids have completely different personalities. But the one thing that they do have in common is their sense of curiosity, how excited they do get, you know, when they get to accomplish something. You know, watch them grow year to year and interact with them really is the basis for that book. And this book is called, you know, I Don't Want to Turn Three. And it's a true story based on the six kids. So, you know, what goes through a toddler's mind uh, when they're so desperate to understand uh, everything? When does, a, when does a toddler understand the difference between, you know, me and us? You know, this book explores it and how the whole family finds out together. You know, as a baby boomer myself, trying to understand the world has evolved since, you know, I was three years old. It really is also part of the story. You know, my parents, they didn't have cell phones. Yeah, they didn't have the internet. They didn't have cable TV. I was my dad's uh, remote. You know, he said, oh, go, to the yeah. hey, kid, go over there and change the channel. Yeah, Move I, the rabbit ears. Yeah, I was the remote at that time. My parents' definition of discipline. You know, so it's quite different than the discipline of, of today. You know, does today's world make it for a better place for children to grow up? Well, I'll, I'll let your listeners kind of answer that question. Uh, because, you know, how we treat our kids today is so different than when we were growing up. So that's why I wrote this book is because it, it really gave me insight into how these little kids interact with each other. Well, wow. that's interesting. God, I yeah, just I mean, realized I, what a complete zero my life is actually is, is an accumulation of just nothing. <laughs> yeah, Good I don't want to turn six. I don't want to turn sixty-five. God. Well, it's, it's interesting. Read. Interesting, you say that because the next book I'm working on is I don't want to turn four. Uh, but my, uh, my, my one up. Yeah. One up. Yeah. 
But my granddaughter, who just turned nine, she said, she said, Gramps, I got a great idea for our next book. I said, what's that? She says, I don't want to turn 10. And I said, well, what do you mean you don't want to turn 10? She says, well, you know, I, I got to start worrying about driving. I said, that's seven years away. Why are you worrying about turning you know, 10? Oh, I like her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she, says, she says, you know, I got to start worrying about going to college. I said, that's nine years away. What are you even thinking about that now? You know, she says, you know, and, and I, these fifth graders, so she was in fourth grade, these fifth graders have a lot more homework than I do. I said, I don't want to worry about that. But when you think about it, just like you just said, you know, I don't want to turn 10. I don't want to turn 21. I don't want to turn 39. I don't want to turn 70. There are so many things that we have when we're looking at life. We look back and are we worried about the future? So that's that's. I'm my just hoping book. I actually make it to 60. That should be your <laughs> book. God, I hope I make it to 60. Right. <laughs> it's, it's, your granddaughter sounds very intelligent for such a young age. That's oh, impressive. Yeah, yeah she, she's great. She's great. In fact, it's funny. My uh, seven-year-old uh, grandson, Levi, came to me two days ago, and he says, you know, you wrote a book about my cousin, Jordan, which is Jordan's a star, and I don't want to use it. When are you going to write a book about me? <laughs> so he wants his book written, too. But, you know, it really comes down to when you say, I don't want to turn 10, I don't want to turn 20 or 21, or I don't want to turn three, is, you know, at what age do we begin to take responsibility for our actions? Is it three years old? Is it 13? Is it 23? You know, I got plenty of baby boomers or 63 that still don't take responsibility for their actions. Mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah. look in everybody's basements, you'll find their kids. They're grown yeah. kids or, or, living. Or, or you'll find Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, man. It got to be me. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting that, that you pegged your the, this book at age three because usually uh, – you know, usually like two and a half to three is when, you know, it's when long-term memory starts kicking in and, uh, and you know, that's when cognition really starts to take hold. It's because you ask, what is your earliest memory? And I mean, I can think of something where I was in this white room and I, I guess it was on Cape, I was on Cape Cod, was all I was told, and on the television was uh, the... For, you know the 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 black and white opening to the Flintstones. That is my earliest memory. It's weird. Well, mine's that, from yeah, like I, a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's from huffing too much motor oil, Scott. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, but listening to to what are you saying about you know the kids with the responsibilities and homework and stuff? Bob and I have talked about this. How it's almost like we don't like kids be kids anymore. When they're in grammar school, or well, I grew up in Chicago, it was grammar school. When they're in, in middle school, we want them doing high school courses. When they're in high school, they should be doing college courses. And I just think they got one one time in their life to be kids. Let them enjoy it. You know, They shouldn't have any responsibilities when they're that young. Well, this generation that is being born today, kids that are 1 to 10 years old, is going to become the greatest generation this country has ever seen. Reason, one of the reasons is, you know, as soon as they come out of the womb, they're on the internet. You know, they, they, mm. they're on the internet, they've got cell phones, they're in electronics. I mean, I didn't get on the internet until I was 40 years old. Here you got these kids, you know, that are on the internet. You know, and so it's up to us as parents and as grandparents to balance that, to do exactly what you're talking about. You know, 
get them outside, get them doing things that are different. Uh, and that's what the influence of, of, of grandparents, you know, my age should be doing. You know, unfortunately for us, you know, I'm talking about baby boomers now, uh, that, that one third, 30% of baby boomers are considered remote grandparents. That means they're not involved in their kids being, the grandkids being brought up. You know, they said, to, you know, we're a very selfish generation. You know, we say to ourselves, hey, I raised some great kids. Let them worry about it. I got other things to do. I got to go play pickleball. You know, so, so you, you've, got the, you've got this whole generation. That means one out of every three baby boomers you know, are just not involved. I mean, they may go to a birthday party once a year. They may see them at Christmas, but they're just not involved in the raising their kids. You know, and but there's all kinds of things that cause that. A lot of that is caused by the grandparents. You know, these these grandparents. You know, for instance, the grandparents may not have liked the spouse their kid married, so they don't want to get involved. You know, or they're pushed away, or you know, they they just uh, you know they they don't want to do it. They 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 they, they Parents give unsolicited, grandparents give unsolicited advice to their children. Well, children want to do that. They don't want to hear that. You know, that pushes you away when you're a grandparent. You know, you drop by unannounced. You know, your kids don't want to do that. So so we as a society, we got a third of us that, that we've got to get involved for the same reasons what you just talked about is they got, they're learning so fast on other things. we got to bring them back to reality. I agree. When growing yeah, up... Uh, you know, it's not like it was when we were younger. Like my grandparents lived in the same house with us. We lived in a two flat in Chicago. And when I was younger, that was typical. The grandparents were always by the by the families. And now we're spread all over the place. My daughter lives in Florida. We're going to be going to Tennessee. My son's probably going to move to Colorado. It's just the whole family unit. Like my wife is Greek and she lived in this town called... Um, um, well, in Downers now when I met her. And there's like 600 family members within a 30-foot radius of her parents' house. They all migrate to the same area. It's not like that anymore. <laughs> that sounds like hell. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, you're right. I mean, when, where I grew up, my uncle lived up the street. My grandmother was two blocks away and was uh, that's the way it was. But, you know, taking me example, I got two grandkids here in Arizona. I got two in Texas. I got two in Florida. You know, how do you keep in touch with them? What do you do in today's world? Because little kids don't pick up the phone and call you. Nope. Uh, you you've got to reach out to them. I mean, I'll, I'll give you guys a, a hint on what we do, you know, and, and I'm sure your listeners have other things that, that, that they may do. But, you know, when I had them here in the house for the six weeks, they became very familiar with our house and our environment outside and so forth. So then when they went back home to uh, Florida and to, to, to Texas, you know, the one thing all little kids have in common, and it, it's it really amazing, is they all love dinosaurs. Kids two, three, four, five, six, seven, they love dinosaurs. They have this whole hidden language that they talk to their friends in in dinosaur. You know, these three-year-olds can name these large names of dinosaurs. They can tell me if they eat meat, who their friends are, and all that. You know, I know a dinosaur, small, medium, and large, but these kids really understand dinosaurs. I mean, when we take them to the playground, one of the first things they talk about with their friends are dinosaurs. So we found that that was a common bonding of all these little kids. So what we did is when the kids left, 
we decided to take, we had six dinosaurs that they played with in our house all the time. We took these six dinosaurs and we decided that every night we put them someplace different. So for instance, they were in the refrigerator eating blueberries one night. The next night they were by the sink with grandma uh, with soap on their nose, washing dishes. Another night they were playing the piano. Another night they were walking up steps. So we had them every night for 50 different nights, we had them doing something different. So what happened in our case is we became part of these kids' routine. You know, they would take their bath, mom and dad would read them a book, and then they would say, what are the dinosaurs doing tonight? And they would call my wife's uh, <laughs> iPhone. We get them on FaceTime. And uh, they said, where's Gramps? Where's Gramps? What are the dinosaurs doing tonight? And that was our way of staying in touch with them. And I'm sure your listeners can come up with other ways. But you're right. We have got to make that extra effort because we're not down the street anymore like we used to be. Yeah. That's really interesting, Mark, or Gramps, sorry. Um, yeah, there are, I mean, my experience was actually even, you know, different from, from Scott's because my grandparents were about seven hours away. We were in North Jersey. They were in Pittsburgh. So it was a, you know, good, you know, seven hour, you know, trek, you know, at Christmas and Thanksgiving and Easter and all that kind of stuff, you know, to go see them. And you only had the, you, you only had the phone, you know, the, the landline phone, you know, for AT&T. But now you've got, you know, you've got platforms you got zoom teams google whatever facetime and you can stay in touch that way and it's a lot more interactive and you can even watch movies now with you know with you know you know setting up a, a group watch or something like that it's it's crazy but it's not going to replace being with them of that, course the whole personal thing is what we're losing and i agree it's it's a shame you know you're i like what you're doing that's pretty cool with the dinosaurs to be honest, I kind of want to call your house at night now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got I don't know Hey, Graham, we're still around. Dinosaurs. They're, they're still Roman, so we got it's that. Scott. But, who? Well, yeah, well, hey, hey, Gramps, he'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> he'll do it. Well, you know, it's interesting what you just said is we have to be there. In other words, to influence these kids, we have to be there. And the one thing that we as grandparents and parents can do for kids, starting at one, two, three, four years old, is we got to get them into reading books and we got to get them into reading books with you. So you know, taking me as a grandpa, you know, I get a little kid, it only takes 20 minutes to read a book. You got them sitting on your lap. You got the book opened up. You know, it causes all kinds of great things. One of the first things it does when you're with a child is it creates some bonding. It gives you a chance to actually spend some time together, one-on-one, -on -one, kind of quiet, away from the TV, away from the internet. You know, it gives you a chance to really bond. You know, when you're reading a book to a child. Another thing, the reason you should be reading books to children, you know, it supports listening skills. And when you think about it, you know, books require these kids to listen. But we as adults have learned that listening skills are the number one skill we have. I mean, you guys are podcasters. You have to listen before you can ask questions. You know, with the, 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 the sales or marketing, you got to listen before you can do things. So if we can teach these little kids as they're on your lap, reading a book with them, how to listen, it's going to pay off for them long, long into the future. You know, the reason that, that we should all be sitting down and spending the time to read books to our kids is because it helps with the cognitive and the language skills. You know, there are plenty of these words in these books these kids don't understand. It gives you as a, a chance as an adult to explain it to them. There's plenty of words in these books I don't understand. I got to go look up. But, you know, it really helps you with that whole cognitive and development with, with, with the children. And then it also it, it helps with their attention span. You know, little kids, two, three, four years, they bounce off the wall all day long. You got them in your lap for 
20 minutes, you start to teach them about, about attention span, you know, key concentration, self-discipline. And these are the traits that the one-on-one -on -one is what you're talking about. You got to be there to teach kids. You can't teach that to them over the internet. Wow. I'm like, this is like the most intelligent thing that's ever come out of our show since we started. <laughs> I'm impressed. We got to do more of these. Yeah, no kidding. We, you just raised our, our level from like third grade to, you know, at least high school. Thank you. You know, it's, it's interesting because neither Bob or I have grandkids. And we've never touched on the subject. I've never even thought about it, but you are absolutely right. A grandparent should have such a huge effect on their grandkids' lives that we have so much to teach them. I never even thought about that. Yeah, we've, no, we've never gone not. there. Well, when you think about it, you know, we get smarter as we get older. The only reason we get smarter decade after decade is because we make a lot more mistakes. So, and we learn from those mistakes. And so if, as we get into our fifties and sixties, you know, as we, as we get to the, we can share that experience. You know, the average age for a grandparent as a female is 50 years old today. The average age for a grandparent as a male is 52 years old. So it's across all generations. Yeah. Uh, and so we've yeah. got, we've got to be able to use help with the knowledge we already know to, to, to help these little kids not make as many mistakes. Yeah, I mean, like I'm 58 and I have none. My brother, he's 61, 62. He's got three grandkids. What? It's, yeah. Wow. I know. Yeah. They, they started young. Yeah. No, my older brother has no kids, so he'll never have grandkids. And my <laughs> sister has, I don't know how many, one, two, three. She's got a bunch. I, I can't count that. Either. But Gramps is right. <laughs> I mean, my, my grandfather growing up, I mean, we slept together till he died. We slept. I slept up in his room, and uh, it was a little creepy. As I was twenty-two when he passed, <laughs> but but no, I mean seriously, he had such an enormous impact on my life, and uh, it was just from hanging out. We'd sit in the garage, yeah, sit there and smoke his cigarettes and have a beer, and we, he just talked. Yeah, you were five. Well, <laughs> I know. He'd have me light a cigarette, you know, <laughs> go get him. Scott, go get me, beer. Get me a beer. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's a shame with technology and stuff. We're losing that, you know, that, that connection that, that grandparents used to have with their kids. Yeah. I mean, technology does help, but you're right. I mean, everybody is kind of spread all over, you know, depending upon where you are. Where you're, where you're from. I mean, there are some places you know, in this country where some people are uh, intergenerational, stay in the same place for decades or even longer. Mm -hmm. And the farthest they go is 45 minutes outside of their, their radius. And their families are completely, you know, you know compiled in, yeah. that, in, in that radius. Well, you know, technology is there to help you achieve your goals. Yeah, that's what technology is, just to help you achieve your goals. So we have to teach our children, you know, how to set their goals so that they can they can achieve them. You know, we as older adults, you know, it's necessary for us to teach children how to think, not what to think. They're going to learn that as they grow older. But we need to be teaching them how to think because once they learn how to think, then they can come up with the right answers. Yeah, interesting. Uh, yeah, you're talking about you know about technology that can help. So, I want to turn to babyboomer.org because that seems to be your current 
uh, <laughs> thing that you're working on behind all the stuff that you have done in the past. So tell us more about uh, about the inspiration for baby uh, babyboomer.org and uh, you know where are you in development? So you know our generation, this baby boomers are very diverse. You know, we're, we're as diverse as the generation before us and as diverse as the generation after us. You know, we, 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 our politics are as divisive as ever. You know, our religion is all over the place. So we're a very diverse kind of generation. But the, the one thing that baby boomers have in common is a shared experience. Okay, so things that we've all shared together, you know, we were there for both of the Kennedy's assassinations. You know, we were there for Martin Luther King's assassination. Uh, we were there for the landing on the moon, you know, in 69. You know, we were there when birth control decided to really start to take off and really was developed. You know, baby boomers were there during Vietnam, you know, both the, bad, the good and the bad. We were right in the middle of Vietnam. We were there for Kent State. You know, we lost four of our own, own baby boomers. You know, we were there for the riots in the, in the streets in the late 60s. You know, we were there for music. You know, we, we, we think about it. Uh, we, we, were, we were there for Elvis, Beatles. The greatest generation of music. Yeah, it really is. The Association, you know, Beach Boys, Three Dog Night, Supremes. We were there. That's that's all these things that the common generalities that we have a shared experience. We were there for the movies. I mean, think about the movies that came up over Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, Jaws, all the Spielberg kind of movies. Yep. You know, Animal House, Star Wars. <laughs> You know, the Godfather. You know, these are all shared experiences this generation has. Uh, we were there for Watergate. You know? So so there is just so much we have that is shared. And we decided that we need to pull it all together. There's got to be one place where all the baby boomers can go, where they can talk about all these music and movies, but they can also find out about dementia and, and Alzheimer's and, and everything else that's affecting us or learn how to play pickleball. Yeah, so so this is a site that's pulling all of that together so the generation can, you know, go back to the shared experience. You know, don't be as uh, diversive, divisive as we are. Let's get back to our shared experience and do things together and share. I like so, that. Yep. So we, uh, you know, we, we are pulling experts and everyone who is in the baby boomer community, you'll start to see. You know, with, uh, we are, we're pulling the best of our generation to contribute to the site. And it's really, it's, 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 it's grassroots. It's, it's all of us kind of like saying, what can we do to share? Because, you know, we all want to leave a legacy. You know, we're talking about grandkids. Well, we, you know, we want our kids to remember like you remember your grandpa. You know, that's how we want to be remembered. And so yeah. we've got to set that up. And this was a platform to make all that happen. Wow, that's that, impressive. That is impressive. So as far as, I mean, is it fully developed right now or what else are you trying to add to it? Because I, I was bouncing around it and thank you for putting our podcast on it, by the way. Oh, um, what else are you trying to, what, what else are you trying to do developmentally, you know, for, for the, for the platform? Oh, there's, there's all kinds of things coming up. So in other words, we're going to have a whole section for books that are written by baby boomers or have baby boomer interests that, you know, that we want to find out about, you know, that's launching soon. You know, you can play games on the site. You can do exercise on the site. There's going to be all kinds of things. This will be as, you know, I got a uh, email from one of our uh, followers last night. She says, you know, I got lost on your site for three hours. 
<laughs> he said, I, got, I started I started listening to one podcast, and then I picked up a different one with a related subject. And he says, she says you, you got me lost. She says, I can't believe it. I was there for three hours. That's what we want. We want you to get lost so that you can, you've got all the experiences that you may have experienced when you were a little kid, but the, the, you need to learn a lot of stuff now to get to, to stay healthy and exercise and you know, make sure that you're around next year. It's amazing how we have so many people in this generation from so many backgrounds, from so many different areas, and they grew up so many different ways, but it's like we all funnel into the same small group. And we all have certain things that we've all experienced and things that we're trying to get out of life now. Yeah. And, and it, what else is really interesting about this, Gramps, is it, you're right. Back then in the in the 60s, you know, 70s, you know, early 80s, you know, before the Internet, before there was this expansive amount of content and different ways and different experiences to consume that content, all you really had were like nine channels of television depending on where you lived you had newspapers you had radio stations and you had the, you know the big 500 you know thousand watt you know wabc and wgn and wherever else you were in the country you could actually hear those stations and you were listening to top 40 you know top 40 you know uh, you know music radio and you had albums you were waiting for the next album to drop that, so those were all shared experiences, yeah. and you don't have that anymore. I mean, yeah, everybody went to see the latest blockbuster, and I think you know Jaws was kind of like the the progenitor of all that. Um, now it's just like, oh yeah, this is out, that that's out, whatever. And there are some things that people will go in and actually experience, but it's you know, and there is you know still water cooler um, you know television that people talk about. <laughs> if they still went to offices. <laughs> yeah, theoretically speaking. <laughs> theoretically. But you're right. It, it was it, it was kind of special back then because if you had the Who and the Rolling Stones and, you know, the, the, these big mega groups, there weren't, they were in their own strata. They, they were their own thing and everybody knew about it. Everybody knew the songs because they would play them nauseam. And you would go over to listen to your friend's house and listen to records. And do what else, you know, whatever you're doing at all. And it was also so much simpler. You know, I mean, it was like, like it movies. Was simpler. Jaws. Do you remember The Exorcist? I almost yeah. crapped my pants watching The Exorcist <laughs> when her head spun around. If they brought that out now, they'd laugh. Beavis and Butthead is more advanced than The Exorcist was. And it's a shame. It's just, it has to be so realistic now. It's like you don't even use your imagination anymore. Uh, shut up, Scott. <laughs> don't start doing that. No, don't go there. Gramps will run away. <laughs> See what I got to put up with? <laughs> no, it's it's a fascinating I, subject. And and you're right. that we, we do have so much to offer the generation after us. You know, and we've talked also about what's next for us. You know, what identifies us, the things that identify us not identify us now like our jobs or you know what we do what happens in 10 years when we're not working anymore and me and my wife are just sitting here staring at each other wondering who's going to get crusty faster so, <laughs> well hey scott that's why you had me <laughs> hopefully i'll move on but don't go there do not go there <laughs> can you
you imagine if we're still doing this in 10 years? I'll just shoot myself. Hey, if we're making money, who cares? <laughs> this is Bob and Scott. Yes, we're uh, still talking. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so, Graham, so one final question that we have for you. Physically and mentally, how do you feel? I feel the best I've felt in years. And I think the reason is, number one, I lost some weight. Number two is I walk for an hour every day. And so I just force myself to do that and I work out for another hour. So I'm in the best shape I've been in many, many years. Well, so I feel, I feel great. It's, it's a, a great question to ask folks. Everyone seems to have a different answer to that. You know, like I, I always say, I mentally I feel pretty good, but physically I'm like 100. But I do the same thing. I walk and I try to work out. I've also lost some weight. And um, but it's like it just feels like every day I get up, it's like, oh God, come on, bones, you can move. Just yeah, to, just to get moving. It's like, oh, my air, my eyes are working great. <laughs> oh, yeah, walking down the stairs, dreaming of the day I live in a ranch, a ranch home with just one level. <laughs> yeah, I limp a lot. Anyway, Gramps, thank you so much yes, for, thank you. for joining us today. Uh, really uh, interesting, compelling chat. Uh, great ideas, great advice. And uh, we'll be looking forward and uh, spending a lot of time probably on babyboomer.org. Thanks so much for being here. I appreciate you inviting me. Thank you. So, Scott, hey, our first interview. I'm telling you, it almost sounded like we were intelligent until we started <laughs> talking to this guy. <laughs> he is impressive. Very impressive. So uh, much more interviews to come and the regular garbage that you have tuned in before. So, Papa Scott. Talk to you later and stay up our lawn.